feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story, talking to the biggest names, covering the biggest stories. She's Rita Cosby. This is the Rita Cosby Show on 77 WABC. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Boy, the double standard of the way the Democrats have been handling January 6th. I can't wait to hear what you think in terms of the January 6th anniversary. Here it is, of course, the one-year anniversary. And some of the comments that were coming out from our vice president and from our president were downright false. They were downright disgusting. And I think downright disrespectful to men and women in the military. I think also to law enforcement. It just was so politicized. And so blatantly full of politics that I just found it shameful. You know, where are the comments and where are the condemnations for the riots that took place in 2020? Over 500 riots in the summer of 2020 engulfed this country, engulfed the streets, our towns, our cities, our businesses, billions of dollars in damage with the looting and the arson and all of that. And all I can think about is Mayor, you know, is Kamala Harris. I think about the vice president. Of course, she, you know, at the time was running one of the contenders, of course. But here she is now the vice president. And the stuff she said today was just downright wrong. And it was downright, I thought, disrespectful and outrageous. And I think incendiary. And I think about during the riots, what Kamala Harris did by saying, hey, maybe you want to donate to the Minnesota Freedom Fund. That was the bail fund that was bailing out the rioters. Here you are running at that time for, you know, the most important office in the world, right? Here you are. You're, you're in that precipice. You're in a public position, and you are not condemning the burning and the looting of our cities and the burning of police stations and the beating of police officers and the killing of police officers, the assaults. Think about all of the damage that was created at that time. And what did many of our Democratic elected officials do? They were fueling the flames by funding the Minnesota Freedom Fund that was bailing out those people who were bashing police officers with bricks and chairs and everything else. What kind of message does that send? She was supporting Jacob Blake, remember, who was responsible. That was the guy whose actions wielding a knife, as it turned out, at law enforcement after he held his ex-girlfriend hostage. And then they shot him. And remember, she was visiting him, saying he's a hero. Think about that message and the message then that we heard from them today on the January 6th riots. Now, I did not agree. I didn't like when I saw on January 6th last year police, you know, being pushed around by the mob. I didn't like police being disparaged by some of the people that were at the Capitol. Um, I don't like that. I think that there are ways to have done things. There were a lot of people that were there peacefully, you know, but if you listen to the Democrats January 6th was like the apocalypse, 
and nothing happened in the summer of 2020. Like they want us to forget that nothing happened. And when I hear them today praising the police, it's because it's police that were protecting them and it works for their political narrative. Why were they not praising the police every night like we do on the show with our Back the Blue, which, by the way, we'll be doing at 1030 tonight. You know, every night we talk about how important it is to protect our law enforcement and to support them because they have the toughest job in the world. And I find it absolutely disgusting that the Democrats today on this anniversary, all they could do was use this opportunity to try to trash President Trump. You know that that's a huge part of what this is about. That's what this is. It's all about politics. And to make it sound like the end of the world was January 6th, but nothing happened in those riots. Those people were just wonderful, peaceful protesters, just like we've seen on so many of the different, you know, shot live shots that we've seen on MSNBC and CNN, where they're saying, oh, things are peaceful. And behind them, it's like uh, it looks like hell on earth, you know, and there's flames everywhere and shooting and everything else. That's what the Democrats want us to believe, that that didn't happen. And yet January 6th solely because they are using it for their political gain and anything they could do to take down President Trump because they're worried about him coming back in 2024. And they know that this president has done such a lackluster, such a spineless job. And to me today to play the kind of politics that they did, it was just the double standard was sickening to me. And I want to hear your thoughts about it. It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. By the way, um, coming up in just about 20 minutes or so, we are going to have on Rudy Giuliani here on the show. Of course, New York's mayor, America's mayor. And we want to get his take on what he thinks about some of these comments that were coming today from President Biden and Vice President Harris and what he thinks is behind all of this. If he thinks this is just one big, huge political game for the Democrats and what is their objective about it all. I can't wait. And all of you definitely stay tuned in about 20 minutes or so. New York's former mayor, Rudy Giuliani, to give us his take on all of this. Meantime. Vice President Harris, I could not believe she made this analogy. This, to me, is the hyperbole, and I think a shameful hyperbole, to compare January 6th to two of the most tragic events in American history. Take a listen to Vice President Harris today, marking the one-year anniversary of January 6th. Certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941, September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. What about the riots of 2020? You somehow left those out. What about the burning and looting of American cities and the fact that you never condemned it? Not only did you not condemn it, you encouraged it. And think about also the messages that she said in interviews. She's like, uh, yeah, they're out there protesting and they should continue to protest. Are you kidding me? You're watching cities burn down in flames. People are terrorized. They're scared to death. And you're saying... 
these peaceful protesters just keep going. Bravo, guys. And yet, when it's President Trump's supporters, then somehow you have a problem with it all. And in this particular case, as we know, they did not find any weapons. They did find, obviously, people that were being, you know, forceful, that were assaulting cops. And listen, they have been throwing the book at them. We talked about this yesterday. The Attorney General Merrick Garland has gone after. He's done 700 arrests. Um, he's done thousands of subpoenas. I mean, there has been a lot of arrests and some of them felonies, some of them misdemeanor for trespassing. But Merrick Garland, the current attorney general, is continuing to pursue it. Those people who have crossed the line are being held accountable. But think about even the repercussions of what's happening to people who trespassed. There are some people that are trespassing on January 6th that were doing that that are still behind bars. I mean, how does that make any sense to you? Does that make any sense to you? Meanwhile, we have a DA in New York that has basically said, armed robbery, you can get away with it. But think about the contrast at the Capitol building on January 6th. If you trespass, if you were inside the Capitol chambers or the House chambers, like we saw some of the footage, those people, some of them, are still behind bars. One of them was in solitary for months. And yet we have a new DA, Alvin Bragg, who's like, show up with a gun. No problem, as long as you don't hurt somebody. And that person's going to walk free. Boy, is the world upside down. And how dare Vice President Harris compare January 6th to the invasion of America on Pearl Harbor? Think about what Pearl Harbor was. You know, the Japanese coming in, the surprise attack, destroying so many thousands of lives and thrusting America into the, one of the most brutal wars in history. Millions killed. You know, my father's comrades killed. My father was fighting in World War II. And for her to compare it to Pearl Harbor is outrageous. And then think about 9-11, how we felt with the terrorists invading, coming on the different planes and hitting the Twin Towers and the Pentagon and in Shanksville, uh, the people that were on the plane, what they went through, the terror that they endured. And you're comparing January 6th, the protesters that were there to those two events in history. That is despicable and that is shameful. And I think that that is a disservice to the families who lost loved ones in Pearl Harbor and in 9-11. I just think it is outrageous. It is so out of line. It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And meantime, President Biden, he said the name Trump. If this is really about, like, democracy, he wouldn't be like Trump, 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 Trump. But that's what he was. It was like, hello, Trump. It's January 6th, Trump. He said Trump 16 times in his speech. And this surely shows this is all about politics. Take a listen to, like, the little jabs that he kept giving in every single phrase about President Trump. The former president of the United States of America has created and spread a web of lies about the 2020 election. He's done so because he values power over principle, because he sees his own interest as more important than his country's interest, than America's interest, and because his bruised ego matters more to him than our democracy or our Constitution. He can't accept he lost And he called him a defeated former president, as if that's not being petty. You know, if your real focus is talking about democracy, his real focus was clearly 
slamming President Trump and trying and praying that he doesn't run again for president because this president's poll numbers are sinking fast and he clearly knows that Trump still has a very strong following. And in some of the latest polls, it shows that Trump would beat President Biden if it happened today. He sees those polls. They're worried and they want to do anything they can to minimize President Trump. And then President Biden made it sound like January 6th is is the pinnacle of the world. This is the beginning of life and democracy in the world. Take a listen. But I also know that our darkest days can lead to light and hope. From the death and destruction, as the vice president referenced in Pearl Harbor, came the triumph over the forces of fascism. From the brutality of Bloody Sunday on the Edmund Pettus Bridge came historic voting rights legislation. So now let's step up, write the next chapter in American history, where January 6th marks not the end of democracy, but the beginning of a renaissance of liberty and fair play. And that's how you know, because he started talking about voting rights, because that's what this is all about. He didn't get his Build Back Better plan, and they definitely want to push for voting rights. They want it so you don't have to present an ID to vote. They want it to have more of these drop boxes, more of the absentee balloting, some of the things that they feel were indeed helpful to this president in the last go round, and they want to keep pushing for it. And that's why anything they can do to mention January 6th as a reason to push their radical agenda, they're going to do. And Vice President Harris reiterated the old political messaging today. That's how we know this is what this is all about. Take a listen. Work ahead will not be easy. Here in this very building, a decision will be made about whether we uphold the right to vote and ensure free and fair elections. Let's be clear. We must pass voting rights bills that are now before the Senate. So let's be clear. What they want are no IDs for people, that people are not required to present identification. So January 6th was about allowing people to somehow circumvent the system. Are you kidding me? That's exactly not voting rights. That is basically allowing people to slip through the system. They want more absentee balloting. They want to continue ballot harvesting when you can go to nursing homes or locations. In some places, that is allowed where somebody can actually collect the votes for you and submit it in. They want more of that because guess what? It was very helpful to them in the last go-round for president. So they want to push and make it consistent. And that's what January 6th is about. Boy, is that a bunch of hogwash. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to David in Los Angeles. And, David, you're listening on WABCradio.com. Go ahead, Dave. Yes, uh, truly, I believe the Kamala Harris statement to compare January 6th to 9-11 is the most defensive thing I've heard come out of the White House ever. And, you know, speaking of Mayor Giuliani coming up, he is... America's 9-11 mayor, and I actually called him today to offer my sympathy and condolences that he had to hear that most offensive statement from that fits bag. We just, you know, you know what I wish would happen? I wish she would just go get a job as a sitcom actress, resign the presidency. She could be the next Jennifer Aniston, get all the attention she wants, have hair and makeup around her all the time, 
clearly she's not equipped for anything. And, you know, she had another staffer quit today, a high-level black male who quit because, again, she's a bully that's soul-crushing and a tyrant. And even the Democratic uh, people in Texas are calling for her to be replaced at the border. And what a disaster she is. And let's not forget, this is the person who believed Jesse Smollett right away, and we need to stop this lynching. So she's not too bright. Well, okay, and David, not- and David also, by the way, this is also the same person who, remember, um, couldn't wait to basically blast the cops. I mean, she came right out and said that basically the police in America are racist, that the criminal justice system is a racist system. It needs to be revised. Uh, she was definitely not on the side of police officers and everything has to do with race. And you brought up the border issue, too. It's really interesting because here they're using this example as an example, January 6th, as like an invasion of privacy. Uh, what about what's happening on our border? I mean, how is that just and how is that protecting America? How is that protecting um, the freedoms that we enjoy, leaving open an open border, not checking for ID there, you know, and then you have the audacity to to, to criticize and say, well, Republicans are being the tough ones, you know what I mean, or are the ones who want to skirt the system. Meanwhile, you have an open border. You've allowed two million people in and you've already said you want to give them amnesty at some point. Um, you know, and then we think about Afghanistan. I think about here is this president basically saying, oh, you know, uh, we care about America. We did. Well, he left Americans behind. He pulled out. He basically said, see ya, not only to Americans in Afghanistan, but also our allies. I mean, he has done, I think, more to hurt the impression and the image of America and to dismantle the security of our homeland uh, than anything that happened on January 6th. Don't you agree, David? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, let, let, let me just also, before you hang up on me, Rita, wish you a happy January 6th, the new national holiday, otherwise known as Orange Man Bad. It's the one-year anniversary of one thing, Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed woman who was shot by Nancy Pelosi's Capitol Police, something that never should have happened. Well, and by the way, there are still so many questions about that. And I'm definitely going to ask Rudy Giuliani about that when he comes up in again about 10 minutes or so from now. So make sure you stay tuned for that, everybody. When we come back, we're going to continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. Well, Biden can't get enough of bashing former President Trump, and boy, did he do it today on the anniversary of January 6th. And one of the things that I felt was so unbelievably disingenuous was Nancy Pelosi. Here she is, there, you know, speaking, you know, at this moment, she's, you know, the, the speaker there of the House. She has the opportunity to talk, does a moment of silence, which was, you know, to symbolize the anniversary and then immediately went into praising the police and others. Now, I thought praising the police, by the way, I'm such a huge fan of the police. You guys know that. We do our Back the Blue every night, which will be coming up in just a few minutes here on the show. But I found it so disingenuous for a woman who, when the cities were burning and where police were getting assaulted 
and all these different things we saw. Even the police station, remember, in Portland was basically, you know, a pile of rubble. In Minneapolis, it was also lit on fire, too. During all of that time, Nancy Pelosi was not condemning it. She was, oh, they're protesting. They have a message to send. They have a message to send. They're beating up cops. She didn't defend the cops then. But today, when it worked to her political advantage, she praised the police. Take a listen. Uh, But as we acknowledge the horror of that day, in the face of extreme danger, they all risked their safety for our democracy by protecting the Capitol complex, members, staff, press, etc., press within, safeguarding the ballots in those mahogany boxes to validate the election and ensuring that Congress could accomplish our purpose and honor our duty to the Constitution and to our country. That day and in the days after, they were the defenders of our democracy, and their courage and patriotism remain an inspiration. Guess what? They are always the defenders of democracy and freedom. Why were you not defending the cops when they were dealing with all the looters and arsonists and, you know, people who were just shouting the most vile things against cops. What about the ones who are watching and marching in New York, pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon? Why didn't she come out and go, oh, no, that's not a good thing to do against our wonderful police? Where was she then? Boy, is it politics today. And Mitch McConnell can see right through it. Take a listen. It is surreal to hear sitting senators invoke January the 6th to justify breaking the rules to grab outcomes they have not earned. And here's a little more from Republican senior Senator Mitch McConnell. So make no mistake about it. This is genuine radicalism. They want to turn the Senate into the House. They want to make it easy to fundamentally change the country. Really disgusting. Let's go to your calls, 1-800-848-9222. And by the way, everybody, again, in just about five minutes or so from now, we will have New York's mayor and America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, to give us his take on this anniversary of January 6th. Let's go to Norman in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Norm. Uh, hi, 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 Rita. Um, when I came back from Washington on January 6th, I, I wrote something, and I, it's too long for me to read, because, but I did read it on another radio talk show host. Yeah, no, no, don't read a lot. But let me ask you, Norm, you, so you were there on January 6th. Were you at the Capitol, or where were you? No, no, no. I was not at the Capitol. Um, the vast majority of people who went to Washington on January 6th we went for a rally. That was it. We didn't go for an insurrection. We didn't go. We, we didn't go to attack the Capitol. Um, we went to stand on the green or the stone or wherever and watch President Trump on those large screens they had. Now, that what, what did it. you make, Norm? What did you make of today to hear the vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, comparing January 6th to Pearl Harbor and 9-11? I, I found it disgusting. Absolutely insane insane and and so offensive look i'm a new yorker i was here during you know 9-11 i mean i i I, you know and i know the feeling and i know what the genuineness of you know of us coming together and for them to use this to divide us for their own stupid political purposes it just offends the hell out of me and also to besmirch us all as being all those people who were concerned about the election 
and to besmirch us all as being insurrectionists who were going there to and go into the Capitol, you know, for the, the people that went in there, you know, I, I you know, I, I believe the people who went into the Capitol should, should have been prosecuted. There is no doubt, okay, uh, that, but that, that has nothing to do with me and nothing to do with the 110 people who came on those Stop the Steal buses that departed Staten Island on that day, and, and, and we stood there, and, and that was it. You know, and, and just, it, just, it just gets my goat that they're doing this, and, and they shouldn't do this because, you know, we're divided enough as it is. I mean, what the hell do they want? Well, they, you know what they, they want? They, they, want they, they, to they, they want to make sure, Norm, and it's, to me it's very transparent that they want to make sure that President Trump never runs again, that they are so worried, I think, about him running. They fear him, the Democrats, because they know that he, look, he did rallies not that long ago, and they had huge turnouts, bigger turnouts than I've seen, I think, at any rally that Biden's ever done combined, you know? I mean, Biden does a rally. It's like four people if they can stay awake, you know? And so they are worried when they see those images and they think, oh, gosh, our president isn't doing great. Look at the polls. He's tanking. He's tanking on COVID. He's tanking on the economy. He lost so many people over Afghanistan. There are so many issues right now. And that's why I think this is just purely politics. And that's why I think it's so disingenuous when I see them, first of all, comparing it. I think it's shameful, like you, as you're agreeing with me, Norm, um, about Pearl Harbor and 9-11. I think there were a lot of people that went there um, with good intentions and care about this country deeply and were there, um, were there peacefully. And listen, the ones that got out of hand, they have clearly been punished. They're clearly being pursued. Um, but where are the people that were going? Where's the Department of Justice that yesterday did the big announcement and said, oh, we're going to continue? Where are they on all the rioters, all of the rioters that burned the cities and terrorized this nation that feared what what the, the you know, Politico's house is more important than our house? That's disgusting. When we come back, we're going to talk to Rudy Giuliani and get his take on all of this on the January 6th anniversary. And also we have one of my favorite segments that we do, which I love every night, Back the Blue, because we love our men and women in blue. That after the break. Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. The Rita Cosby Show presents... Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which we love and we do every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, town and state officials in Seymour, Connecticut, recognized a police officer's quick actions in helping save a resident's life following a motorcycle crash where a man lost part of his leg. Officer Julia Thomas was honored and also presented with a commendation. And they said that thanks to the fast actions of Officer Thomas, who applied a tourniquet, she saved the life of one of their residents. She, along with the Seymour police chief, were the first to arrive at the scene after a 911 call for a car versus a motorcycle crash when that came in. Well, Officer Thomas apparently immediately and without hesitation applied a tourniquet to the victim's lower leg and continued her medical assessment and provided medical treatment until EMS and advanced life support arrived on the scene and took over. And her actions undoubtedly, they said, saved the person's life. Bravo to our great men and women 
in blue. And I love that we always show our support for them every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, one of the things that I found was just so outrageous, and I want to play this again um, because we're going to have Rudy Giuliani join us in just a few seconds here. I found it absolutely outrageous that Vice President Harris today, on the anniversary of January 6th, made what I thought was a disgraceful comparison, minimizing the men and women who died at Pearl Harbor and also died on 9-11, including many police officers and others who died. Take a listen to how she described the anniversary of January 6th. Certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001. And January 6th, 2021. And joining us now to talk about all of this is the former mayor of New York City and also WABC radio host, Rudy Giuliani. Rudy, great to have you here. Uh, always a pleasure, reader, and uh, happy 2022. I'm glad you know the year because you need to call <laughs> President Biden and tell him it's not 2020. Okay, Rudy? Okay. All right, all right. Well, he certainly knows it's January 6th. And boy, he came out swinging today. He mentioned President Trump, I think it was 16 times. It's like Trump, Trump, Trump. What's your reaction to the fact that it's like he has Trump derangement syndrome. He, well, uh, you know, who knows if he has it or the guy who writes the stuff for him to read has it or a woman who writes it. I mean, the fact is that I'm very, very uh, amazed at all these wonderful Catholics, Joe Biden, who's holier than the Pope, and Pelosi, who used to pray for Trump, except she never told us what she would pray for, didn't mention the fact that today is one of the most solemn feast days in the Christian religion, which is the Three Kings Day, Epiphany. This is a holy day of obligation for Catholics. It's very, very much uh, uh, revered among Hispanic Catholics in particular. It actually is the real Christmas for Armenian Orthodox and uh, uh, Greek Orthodox hold uh, um, this day when the people came, the three kings, three magi came out of the Orient to worship uh, the the Lord Jesus, that it, it showed the universality of Christianity which eventually did become the most universal religion in the history of the world, and it is right now. So what do you make of that tied to What I make them? about it is they're a big bunch of phonies. That's what I make about it. The two of them. The two of them are disgraceful. I mean, to, to, to say what Harris said today, that this equates to September 11 of Pearl Harbor, they should just pick her up and throw her out of, the, out, of, out of Washington. I mean, that's close to, I don't know what it is. I mean, it has to, it has to lend to all of this proof of the incredible exaggeration and hysteria that these maniacs have created and holding these people for 10 months on charges that now wouldn't even be considered by the DA of New York. Remember, they, they didn't have a, they didn't shoot a, they didn't shoot a gun. None of them were caught with a gun. I don't, I've, I've, I haven't seen the proof of any violence to anybody. I've heard about it. I don't believe it. I'm not sure I believe it. Because they tried to attribute four deaths to it that autopsy made clear had nothing to do with it. There's only one death that took place, and they ignore it, which is a complete miscarriage of justice, and it's the murder of Ashley Babbitt. 
What do you make, Rudy, of the fact that they are consistently, the Democrats, politicizing this? Um, everything goes back to January 6th. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, they're yeah, yeah, talking yeah. now. They want voting rights because of January 6th. Voting they want rights. this because they of January They don't want voting 6th. rights. They want a, a, a clear field to cheat like crazy. That, that is what it means to have mail-in ballots for anyone, for any reason, and no identification. That's insane. That's insane. That's like saying uh, you can get into the baseball field and you don't have to pay if you don't want to. Or, you know, you can, uh, you can just walk in and take whatever you want out of the store. Pay if you like. And what do you, I mean, a lot of people won't do it, but there are enough people that are crooked that we've just put all of our elections in jeopardy. And that's what they want because they honestly, Rita, they're at the point where they know they can't win. Their, their philosophy and what they tolerate is so un-American. We are, we are, if we're not a socialist country, we're about there. They attack all of our values. They're against God. They're against family. Uh, they, they, they want to make us a dependent state. They want to bankrupt us. Who's going to vote for them? They, I mean, they, 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 I don't, do not believe they can win, you know, any kind of big election without cheating. Well, let me ask you, is that why you believe that they are firmly trying to insert January 6th whenever they can, like trying to hang their yeah. hat on everything comes back to January 6th? Even Fauci at one point was asked a question and he brought up January 6th. It's like, what the heck does that have to do with yeah, science? I, I think, I think, it, I think, uh, I think it was like it got worse and worse over the five years. Way, way back uh, in 2015, 2016, early 2016, they, they decided they had to take him out. When I say they, I mean Obama, Brennan, the whole group of crooks. And, uh, then, and they started. They started in with a meeting at the uh, National Security Council telling the Ukrainians to go find dirt on Manafort, Trump, and, and, uh, and Donald Jr. And we don't have to go through all of them, but, I mean, they kept frame, trying to frame him. And each time they get frustrated, right? They do the Russian collusion thing. It turns out to be totally false. It's Ukrainian collusion by Hillary, who paid 1.1 million. Then, then, and and Biden's uh, bribery to get the case against Soros's company out. Then they try to do obstruction of justice. What? He wasn't obstructing justice. He was defending himself as an innocent man. Uh, then that didn't work, and they take the conversation with the Ukrainian president. They. They leak a totally false version of it that was done by <laughs> one of the same guys that way back in January 2016 asked the, asked the Ukrainians to go get dirt on him. So this guy hung around for a long time to be the, 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 uh, uh, the, the rat. I mean, I know who he is. Swalwell can, and the other idiot can say, whether I know exactly who he is. But they're going after Trump, but just that didn't as you work. said. But right. So and now, so and now, now they this. try to say that he's responsible for a, a, a riot in which he told the people to go there peacefully and, and uh, patriotically. How, how can you? I mean, he did nothing compared to the stuff that, uh, that Maxine Waters uh, did when she almost caused a riot in, in, in Minnesota. I mean, they're saying things all the time. They said much worse things about him that could have caused riots. So where do you see this committee going and where do you see all the I think, politics? I, think that, I mean, going? I look at the polls on, on January 6th and I see them going against them. I think, I, I think they overplayed, as they always do, they overplayed their hand. Immediately, if you're an honest, decent person, Democrat, Republican, whatever the heck you are, somebody tells you that a riot, which I guess it was a riot, right, but that results in no real 
violence that we can put our fingers on is the same as a terrorist attack on the United States where almost 3,000 innocent people are killed in a, in a flash or a sneak attack on our military in Pearl Harbor. Right, because Kamala Harris uh, compared it to Today, Pearl Harbor Today, and that's well. also yep. been compared to the Civil War. Yep. Well, you've got to know that the person is either deranged, you know, or has gone over the top, right, crazy, or is trying to feed you a brainwashed uh, narrative to get you to take the whole idea of that was to take Trump out. So they got him out. They got him out in 2020 by the skin of their teeth. I have real questions about how they did it, too, that have never been explored, that got covered up. But in any event, now they're really worried. This guy's got nine lives. He's going to come back. Let's let's impeach him and get him out. They can't do that. So then they wanted to tar him so badly with January 6th that nobody ever think about him again. Here's the guy who caused a riot. And at first it worked. I mean, his poll numbers were terrible at first. But as time has gone by and we realize there are exaggerations, well, nobody really died that day except Ashley Babbitt. No, they're not going to tell us how Ashley Babbitt died. They still haven't. They told us the guy who did it has got a terrible record, by the way, for, for misbehavior. Right. He had, there were some issues in his past, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, you don't even need him. I can take you through that at taping and... Two minutes, I can convict him. So today, uh, Catholic Nancy Pelosi is, is thinking about, has a moment of silence for the people who died on September 11th. She never met. There's only one person who died on September 11th. Ashley Babbitt. It wasn't a moment of silence for her. I mean, I started my life as a prosecutor. I'll probably end it that way. The miscarriage of justice there. Just, I, I can't go to sleep at night thinking about it. And speaking of Nancy Pelosi, Rudy Giuliani, um, today she did talk about, okay, the, the fallen. And again, these were not people who died on that day. But she did talk about police officers and their courage and bravery. Uh, all I kept thinking about when I was hearing it was, why weren't you defending the police during all the riots that well, took place in I 2020? Know, you you no. know, I mean, what was your reaction? Here it is. like 26 it, people got killed during those Black Lives Matter riots. So, Rudy, what do you make of the fact that here's Nancy Pelosi today um, praising the cops, but yet no praise, basically, encouraging the protest during 2020? Well, I mean, far be it for me to ever attack the police except when it's necessary. I mean, I prosecuted 70 police officers and sent them to prison, so I love them. But when they do wrong, there's something very, very corrupt about the way the Capitol Police have handled this. And I'm also getting to the point, Rudy, Very. I'm also talking about Nancy Pelosi now talk, uh, now complimenting the police when it works for uh, her well, politically. It's our, it's our police. Remember but, she but wanted not, to have the Capitol Police sent out all over the country to help her and, and guard people, like they become a national police force? No, but where I'm talking about is the fact that during the riots, she I know, was, during she the riots, the cops were nobody. Right, the I mean, cops were nobody to her. They were not important. It seemed Kamala Harris was you know, chipping into the Minnesota Freedom Fund that was bailing out these folks. Nobody was saying, stop attacking police. And yet now suddenly the police are angels if they're the ones. And I think they should always be commended. Of course. I, you know, and I'm I love, sure. I'm sure. Police. I'm sure whatever's going on within the Capitol Police, the vast majority of Capitol policemen are very, very good. I mean, I've <laughs> they were my police department when I lived in Washington. I lived on Capitol Hill. I love them. Yeah, there are so many unanswered questions and these like outrageous, you know, pointing the finger uh, when often the finger should be looked at with the party inside, the party fairness. that's in power. All we want is fairness, yeah. equal justice under the law. It's become a, a joke now. Yes, yeah, sadly And America is. shouldn't be a joke. I agree. It's the greatest country and our and our police are the greatest. And Absolutely. You know it doesn't what? mean we don't have 
You get bad cops, you get bad doctors, you get bad lawyers, a lot of bad lawyers. <laughs> and you get an awful lot of bad politicians. But most cops, I mean, I put cops up against all those groups in terms of percentage of people who are honest and dedicated. I would too. I would and, too. And if, and if something went wrong here, I guarantee you, it's the top guys like the FBI. They become politicians. They're not cops anymore. Now, the head of the FBI was never a cop. He was an assistant U.S. attorney. He used to suck around Comey. He's not a cop. No, you're right. It's the guys never, on the street. Never the guys and the gals on the street. Somebody. He's not an FBI agent. Right. The guys and the gals in the street, they know he's the not sacrifice. Free. He's not he's, uh, he's a woke uh, lawyer. That's what he is. Well, we got to make sure we take the politics out of uh We got to get it back in 2022. Thing. Remember 2022. 2020's over, uh, Joe. I'm glad he thinks it's 2020. That's good. <laughs> 2022, yeah. we got to get that. We got to deliver them a message. Really more important than even taking back control, which is important. Is delivering them a message, it'll get to the rank and file of the Democrat Party, after all good people. And say to them, "Why are we being run by these people? Why are we being run by 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 Nancy Pelosi who somehow uh, they become multimillionaires while she's been in the in in the in the house, and she says in, totally insane things like this is. I mean, she's also said it's like nine eleven. And why are we being run by her? Why are we being run by 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 uh, Schumer today? Accused Trump of inciting the riot. Yeah, some of the comments are so I mean, that's ridiculous. And that's Trump why said go peacefully and patriotically. They don't have a single. In fact, not only don't they have evidence showing that he inside, they have evidence proving he didn't. And then they just go, hey, this is exactly what they did with Russian collusion. It's exactly what they did with a phony uh, conversation with, uh, with the Ukrainian president-elect. And the press lets them get away with it. So they just, they're enabled. They lie and lie. And, and then with a straight face, Kamala Harris can say, January 6th was just as bad as September 11th. Yeah, and the press is. looks at her, and, and they, they, they know she's – they just cover – they just let it go. Well, that's why I'm glad that we are covering it, Rudy Giuliani. Well, thank God we have, you know, people like John. Absolutely. I'm talking about John Castamatidis yep, and Margot who have the guts to have a f- free discussion. Absolutely. And, and some others. I mean, isn't just – I mean, John is the one we know and love the most, but there are a whole – there are a group of us. And, uh, but, boy, they pay a big price. Well, we are continuing we to fight the good this. fight, and yep. bravo to you, Rudy Giuliani. I always love having you well, on my Well, same friend. thing to you, and I, you know, I, I just think I'm an eternal optimist in the, in the wonder of America, and this is going to turn around, and what's going to happen is it'll be the best thing for the Democrat Party. They should get destroyed and start all over again. And in three years, they'll be really threatening us. In four years, with real candidates and really good people. And listen, we've already seen that in a number of places. We saw it, you know, we saw it last year, and it very well could happen this if year they, as well. If they would have straightened themselves out, they would produce a number of really great leaders, as they always have, and we will. But I think the American public stands back and goes, wait a minute, this is just outright politics. Yeah, the yeah. double Sometimes standard, if we ever the get hypocrisy, into it, I, it's I actually think Clint, Clinton is the guy who, who, who's, who really moved it into the level of deep, deep corruption, as opposed to just the usual junk that went on in Washington. Well, we'll have to get to that another day. Rudy Giuliani, (laughs) great to have you You on You have a great show, Rita. And when we come back, we're going to take your calls, 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. And 
Welcome to you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about the politicization of the January 6th Capitol riots. Let's go to your calls. It's 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Drew in White Plains, who is listening on the WABC app. Drew, what do you think about it, and what do you make of Kamala Harris comparing it to 9-11 and Pearl Harbor? Well, I just want to say this is why people feel like it's a calculated attack on Kamala Harris. Eric Adams, who was a police captain during 9-11, put out this statement. Let's call it a terror attack. He said, I've been a cop for 22 years. That was a terror attack on January 6th. And he also said how he was disappointed that certain people that participated in it have not been brought to justice. So when people say it's a calculated attack the media does on Kamala Harris, this is why. A person who was a cop during 9-11 also called it a terror attack. So what do you have to say in return to that? Well, what I do have to say is that they're pretty lousy terrorists if now it's about 700 people were charged I think it's like 99% of them with trespassing. So those are pretty bad terrorists. And, you know, uh, the guys who were on the planes in 9-11, those were terrorists. Those, there's a huge difference between that and people who were trespassing for the most part is what the facts are on this. And I also think in Kamala Harris, to sit there and compare it to when America was literally invaded by the Japanese and thousands of people were killed – is an abomination, Drew. It, 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 it is outrageous. And 9-11, which blatantly was a terror attack, I would say that the Japanese, the kamikazes, were terrorists, too, as well. Um, these were Americans. And, yes, there were some who crossed the line, and they're paying a price. But there's a huge difference. This is not a slam on Kamala Harris. This is a slam on what she said. I think it's outrageous what she said, Drew. And you seem to think that you would you put – January 6th up there with Pearl Harbor? You've got to be kidding me. Well, I didn't say that. What I said is you had somebody who was a police captain during 9-11 and you danced around that. He called out and said, this is a terror attack. You know, no, he did. And by the way, a lot of people, exactly. a lot of people do definitely disagree with Eric Adams. Uh, but but Eric Adams didn't say this is akin to 9-11 or this is akin to Pearl Harbor. And if he did, I would slam him, too, because I'd say, Eric, you got a hole in your head if that's the case. He said it's a terror attack. Those were terror attacks. He's not saying which terror attack is more serious than another. A terror attack is a terror attack. Would you I'm equate it? No, no. Adam, a terror attack is not the same. There's a big difference when you talk about bringing America into World War II. I think that there's a huge difference between Pearl Harbor and the, even what Eric Adams is equating it to. Uh, we're going to continue with your calls after the break. Hogwash, Drew, 1-800-848-9222. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story, talking to the biggest names, covering the biggest stories. She's Rita Cosby. This is the Rita Cosby Show on 77 WABC. I know your name is Rita, because your perfume is smelling sweet. And you just heard from Drew, who basically didn't think there was a problem equating January 6th with Pearl Harbor and 9-11. As you heard, I strongly disagree. 
I think it is outrageous that Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States, equated those events together. It is just pure politics on the Democrats' part. They know what happened on January 6th, and they also know what happened in the streets of America, where so many businesses and and homes and people were injured, properties burned, including police stations, and yet she was encouraging people to donate to the Minnesota Freedom Fund that was bailing out protesters. Shame on her, and how outrageous that today Here she is. This is the woman who's been constantly bashing the police, bashing our criminal justice system, very much an Alvin Bragg type person, the new Manhattan D.A. She would applaud everything that he's been doing to be lenient on crime. And this is what she had to say on the anniversary of the January 6th tragic events, as they were. And I also think, first of all, too, about Joe Biden. Because Joe Biden had the audacity. This is a guy who has left our borders open. This is a guy who left Americans and others stranded in Afghanistan. And listen today how he said that he is the guy who's going to protect this country. I did not seek this fight brought to this capital one year ago today. But I will not shrink from it either. I will stand in this breach. I will defend this nation. And I will allow no one to place a dagger at the throat of democracy. Are you kidding me? That he is saying that he will be the one to defend democracy and defend this country. When I think what he has done on the southern border and what he did in Afghanistan has been absolutely abominable. And yet he's going to be the one who's going to be protecting our nation when he's kept everything wide open. What a hypocrisy. And here is Kamala Harris again, remember, who defended the rioters who basically burned down much of America in 2020. We cannot let our future be decided by those bent on silencing our voices, overturning our votes and peddling lies and misinformation by some radical faction that may be newly resurgent, but whose roots run old and deep. Well, I would call a radical faction people who are looting and protesting. She was supporting Black Lives Matter. We heard the rhetoric of Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter isn't even happy with Eric Adams. Hawk Newsom of Black Lives Matter, remember, has been taking Eric Adams to task, the new mayor of New York City, because he wants to bring back the plainclothes police unit. Remember, he's like, oh, no, 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 you are not going to do that. These are the people that Kamala Harris thinks are normal. And yet anybody who was around the Capitol or even in Washington, basically, you know, on January 6th, a year ago, they are radical. Are you kidding me? Talk about playing politics. The Democrats, boy, do they love these double standards. And boy, today, did President Biden just seem to not waste any opportunity to try to bash President Trump, because that's what this is all about. President Biden and the Democrats, they see their power slipping away. They see themselves concerned where they are in the polls. They should be, because the polls are tanking in so many different directions. And yet today, they're going to be the ones who are going to save democracy from the radicals. What about 
critical race theory in schools. The list can go on and on and on. That's what I call radical. And yet today, President Biden absolutely used this opportunity to bash President Trump in every which way but loose, because, boy, is he worried about President Trump. Take a listen. You can't love your country only when you win. You can't obey the law only when it's convenient. You can't be patriotic when you embrace and enable lies. Wow. So President Trump is basically the world's worst person, and President Biden is the saver and the defender of America. I think people who are living in Texas, people who are near Del Rio, Texas, and lots of other places around this country would beg to differ. It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222, and you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. By the way, everybody, too, you can download the 77WABC app and also listen to the show that way. You can go to the App Store or Google Play, and you can listen to The Rita Cosby Show and all of your favorite 77WABC shows live. Just download the latest 77WABC podcast. Also get breaking news as it happens. Everything is there. Just download the great 77 WABC app now, and you can listen to the show on that. In fact, uh, let's go to Andrew in Stanhope, New Jersey, who's listening online on WABCradio.com. Go ahead, Andrew. What I would say to Drew is, by definition, he's right. It's a terrorist attack. And if you have the, I'll do a comparison with the illness, if you have the Omicron variant and you get a little bit of a scratchy throat that's an illness if you have stage five cancer and you're in dying in hospice that's also both are illnesses but to compare the two is uh, completely ridiculous and a lie there's there's no comparison the only person that was killed was one of the trump supporters unjustly killed so to compare that to uh 9-11 or the pearl harbor that would be like storming the beaches at Normandy, that would be like comparing the death toll there. So so he has no, you know, integrity to say something that shows that you have no fairness and integrity. And also I want to say that uh, Ocasio-Cortez, she should be investigated for obstruction of justice because she said she was hiding in her office bathroom and they were trying to rape her. So what a disgrace to, first of all, women that actually were raped or fought off a rapist or fled for her to lie and say she was raped. It's a fact. She wasn't even there. Yeah, and it, yeah that's right. And it turned out she wasn't even, I remember like Nancy Mace, who I think was right by her offices nearby, said, yeah, they weren't even like near each other. Um, great point, Andrew. Absolutely. Great call. Thanks so much, Andrew. Um, let's go to Hudson in the Bronx, who is listening on the WABC app. Go ahead. Hey, Rita. Good evening. Always good to hear you. You too, you too. What do you make of, I can't believe, Crazy Drew who called in and who said that, oh, it's all about, you know, Kamala Harris, you know, uh, it's just, uh, you know, bash Kamala Harris. It is not about bashing Kamala Harris. She made the most outrageous statement of saying oh. that the January 6th is the same as Pearl Harbor and 9-11. What's your reaction to that outrageous statement, JC? I mean, Hudson. Yeah, well, no, that's okay. Um, I like JC. Um, but <laughs> the thing is, there's there's a word for what Drew is in the hood, and it's uh it's called the clown. He's a clown. So uh, Drew called up yesterday. Um, he said the same thing about the new DA, Manhattan DA, 
And because he stepped foot in his church, he was right with all the policies that he's setting down. And now he's trying to tell you that uh, uh, because a police sergeant said it's a terrorist, it's a terrorist. So, in other words, you know, if uh, you know if someone does something good, then they write. If Al Sharpton loses 100 pounds, he's a handsome man. It's just not how it works. Um, but I will tell you this, and this is the reason I called, is I know everyone knows what gaslighting is because um, we talked about it on this station a bunch. Uh, the things in the videos that I've seen, and I w- wish I was better with computers, the videos I have seen from that day, um, I have seen, you know, Antifa people, whatever, in the woods, uh, you know, changing into Trump gear. Um, I've seen Trump supporters that are all dressed in their, in their, you know, corny gear that I wear, too, with the hats and whatever. That's not how it looked with the front line going in. They were all dressed in black with knee pads and helmets and stuff and everything. Um, all these videos have disappeared and I don't know why not, we're not talking that. But anyway. No, by the, and by the way, Hudson, you're right, because there are still a lot of video that for some reason is not seeing the light of day. They're also, by the way, they had talked about trying to get information from Nancy Pelosi and from a number of other officials, uh, mostly Democratic ones, on Capitol Hill that would have shown, hey, did you find out um, about the request of bringing out the National Guard? Because Nancy Pelosi would have been in charge of overseeing it at the Capitol area. Um, and yet, for some reason, we're not able to see her texts. We're not able to see information about that, what she knew or what she didn't know, or if she called somebody or didn't call somebody. But boy, um, anybody who's reached out to anybody that was tied to the Trump administration, it seems like all of their texts have been leaked like a sieve. You know, and you you bring why? What are they hiding? Why why did they not want to speak? Why is there not testimony on a whole bunch of different levels? Um, and you're right, there are still so many unanswered questions, and that's why this committee, you know, they call it a bipartisan committee. They have two never Trumpers, two people who hate Trump that are on the committee. The two Republicans that hate Trump, the Democrats definitely do too, and that's supposed to be a bipartisan. Are you kidding me? The whole thing is such a joke. It is so political and it is so over the top. Hudson, thank you. Love your calls. Let's real quick go to JC in Stroudsburg, PA. Go ahead, JC, since I was saying your name. You're on my mind. (laughs) Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. I'm driving in the snow. Uh, Rita. Oh, you are? Where are you? Wait, you're in PA? Is there snow there right now? Uh, No, I'm driving to PA. I'm driving through New Jersey. It's snowing New Jersey. It's coming down lightly. Uh, It's pinned the ground, but it's wet. So I'm good. Oh, well, and by the way, we're supposed to get uh, some like all over the tri-state area, all over New England. There's supposed to be a bit in the next few hours. Be careful. <laughs> so back, back to the point. First of all, where's all the video of the Capitol Police ushering the people in? Remember how many people said, oh, they, they invited us in. That's true. There's video of that. Where is that video? Okay. They were actually there pushing their hands. Then go in, go in. Go oh, yeah, in. I remember, JC, I saw that. I think, like, the New York Post ran some video of it, and the shaman guy was one of them. And it was interesting. Yeah, the guy's like, yeah, go ahead. And he's like, oh, I just want to sit down. We'll make it quick. You know, I mean, that right. I mean, that's my, when I heard Drew calling them terrorists, I was like, these are the worst group of terrorists I've ever seen, the most polite terrorists I've ever seen, too. You know? No, it's um, it really is unbelievable, okay, what, what they're saying. I mean, that, that was like a re Is that the remake of Dumb and Dumber? Biden and, and uh, Carmella? They're idiots, okay? And this guy, Drew, he's an idiot, and so is Eric Adams. Remember what I was saying about beware of sheep in wolf's clothing? Eric Adams is the exact guy. 
You watch it happen. Terrorist attack. Who got bombed? Nobody got bombed. Nobody got shot up. Nobody got beat up. So where's the terrorist attack? Yeah, and you and to and to someone with a straight face, JC, to compare 9-11 and Pearl Harbor, which thrust us into World War II, to equate those two events to January 6th is just, it, it, it's a, it is a, I think, a disservice to everybody who lost their lives on those days and their family members and those those moments. I mean, that is just outrageous. And yet it, it's like crickets. I keep going back to the protests because I think about all the damage that was done during the protests. Two billion dollars, by the way. And there were 574 riots in the summer of 2020. Um, dozens of cops were killed. Um, you know, thousands were injured across the country. Police stations were burned. And yet we don't hear anything. You know, they nobody was condemning it. Nobody was, you know, criticizing it. They were too afraid, you know, to, to criticize it. Even to this day, no one has really condemned it. It took like, remember, it took Biden. Biden at one point made some word that was sort of like negative to them. They're like, oh, wow, there's a word. There's one word. You know, if you're the president of the United States or you're running for office, you need to say law and order in this country. And he hasn't said that. And it's disgusting, J.C., and the fact that they're using this because it's their house. What about our houses and our businesses and our cities that were up in flames? They don't seem to care about that one iota, J.C. Totally, totally sickening. It's disgusting. Okay, it really is, Rita. Uh, I mean, what goes on? You know, the, the Democrats really, they accuse the Republicans of exactly what they are doing. They always try to put, turn that around. I mean, this is ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. Unbelievable. It Unbelievable. is. It is. And, J.C., you drive carefully there in the snow, too. Um, as you're heading uh, to Stroudsburg, PA. Thanks so much. Everybody, when we come back, we're going to continue with your calls. And then also, by the way, at 1130, we are going to talk about the shaming of those who are unvaccinated. It is really getting disgusting. And we're going to talk about a medical ethicist who suggested maybe withholding life insurance and hospitalization for those who are unvaccinated. That is Horrible. But when we come back, we're going to continue with your calls about January 6th and Kamala Harris having the audacity to compare it to uh, what happened in Pearl Harbor and also on 9-11. And boy, are they trying to use this for any sort of politicization that they can. Oh, to get voting rights so they can have illegals basically vote or people who do not have identification. Oh, don't worry about it. That's fine. That's fine. Whatever they wanted, they're going to go back to January 6th. It is shameful. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. So how do you remember January 6th? Well, if you listen to the Democrats on Capitol Hill today, including the president and the vice president, it is the be-all, end-all of democracy, the worst terrorist attack almost ever in the world. And they're equating it with Pearl Harbor and 9-11. I think that that is shameful. And they continue to mention it as they're trying to push for voting rights. They say voting rights, what voting is, is voting without an ID. 
How is that voting rights? They're not saying a thing about what's happening with our open border and maybe providing amnesty potentially for maybe two million people that came in just this year in the United States. Boy, are there a lot of things where you could go, wait a minute, how is that protecting America? Well, take a listen. This is President Biden and what he had to say this morning on the anniversary of January 6th. Those who stormed this Capitol and those who instigated and incited and those who called on them to do so held a dagger at the throat of America and American democracy. They didn't come here out of patriotism or principle. They came here in rage, not in service of America, but rather in service of one man. And he kept talking about that one man, former President Trump. For the first time in our history, a president had not just lost an election, he tried to prevent the peaceful transfer of power as a violent mob breached the Capitol. But they failed. They failed. And on this day of remembrance, we must make sure that such attack never, never happens again. Wow. It was all about defeated President Trump, is what he kept saying over and over again. Boy, was it petty politics. And let's not forget that on that day, President Trump said, all of you go peacefully and patriotically to protest. There was nothing in his verbiage that in his speech said, go storm the Capitol. You know, go do this, go do that. And again, as I was saying to one of our past callers, Drew, 700 people have been charged, basically. And of that, only about 40 of them are felonies, which are basically tied to assaults. Um, it's just to put it in the context where Kamala Harris has saying it echoes other key dates in history, like December 7th, 1941 and 9-11 is preposterous. Let's go to your calls. It's 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tim in Oakland. Go ahead, Tim, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Um, you brought up a few moments ago about why uh, we can't see texts why there was a breach and there was no security, and possibly Pelosi's involvement in this. Who picked the committee, the January 6th committee? It was Pelosi. And why is this not said and understood by other Democrats? Why aren't they coming out and saying, hey, this is wrong, this is not a democracy, when you have something like this going on? And this led up to today, this disgusting display by the Democratic Party. It's no longer the progressives or Biden or Kamala. It's the Democratic Party. It's wrong. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, it's all about politics. That's why they're not saying anything. You know, Tim, to your point, because they will do anything they can to try to win. And that's why they really want to push these voting bills, because they saw some of these actions that they want to make federal were helpful to them in the last election. And if they can make them standard, then they think it's going to be helpful to them. That's all they care about. And they'll do anything. And that's why every time I laugh when I hear them say, oh, it's a bipartisan committee with two of the most never Trumpers ever. If you think like, you know, that having, you know, Liz Cheney there who is so unbelievably anti-Trump. She's she's more anti-Trump than the Democrats. 
you know, that that represents bipartisanship. That's incredible, Tim. And both uh, Kamala and uh, Joe Biden today mentioned patriotism. There was looting, burning, as you mentioned. There was also chance of death to America throughout those 2020 riots. Yes, stepping on the American flag, burning the American flag. Unbelievable. Right. People have not woken up to this. Alan Dershowitz is a hero, and he is, he didn't vote for Trump, and he is speaking out about this stuff. People should listen to him. Yeah, no, he's made some great points on this. I agree. And you know what also, he is all, you know, right now, the, the contrast is sickening. Where were these people? If they're so, listen to the anger that you hear from, you know, Biden. Why didn't he have one shred of that anger against the protesters? Maybe they might have stopped, you know? I mean, maybe they might not have looted. Maybe they might not have, if Kamala Harris, think about that. You know, African-American candidate for president, if she came out and condemned it, that might have had a stop on it. But no, she fueled the flames because she even donated to the people who are getting bailed out. She literally donated to the Minnesota Freedom Fund. There's a tweet where it says, hey, everybody, you know, make your donations to this great group. They're helping the protesters while the cities were burning and looting. It is outrageous. Tim, thank you very much for the call. Let's go to LQ in the Bronx. Go ahead, LQ, your thoughts. Um, good evening and repent, much uh, repentance is needed. Three things real fast. Um, I was there on January 6th. Oh, you were um, now. Where were you? Were you at the Capitol, or where were you? The, the, the big rally was at the um, the Washington Mon- Monument. That was five blocks away from um, the Capitol. Yep, and I know exactly. Exactly. Um, it's very extremely peaceful. Um, my thing is, uh, Governor, um, similar to what Tim called Governor Hoko, Mayor De Blasio, uh, and all of them, they couldn't really. Cedra, they couldn't care less and do not want the full truth to come out about this on January 6th. And many people agree with them, and they, they don't want the full truth to come out. If you told them they have ears and they can't hear. Just one other thing, too. Um, on January 5th last year, I called WABC, and I spoke to Lydia, Lydia, Lydia Serrano and yep. Curtis Wheeler. Yeah. And I told them, I said, it's going to be – security is going to have to be – beefed up big, big time, and if they go up the chain Hannity for this, um, they could come after me, too. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, by the way, when you talk about a lot of security, you know, there are reports that Pelosi and others were told, hey, listen, get the National Guard out, get some of these other people out there, and we don't know what happened with those requests because she was overseeing the security. That is her role. How come we don't know? Did she get physically those requests as it's been reported Um, because people were expecting a large crowd and maybe things would get boisterous or out of hand? You know, I mean, where, you know, there are so many unanswered questions. It's incredible. Let's go to Paul in Dutchess County. Paul, you're listening on WABCradio.com. Go ahead, Paul. Uh, Hello, Rita. Um, One thing I'd like to just bring out on this whole comparison thing, the biggest disparity, I don't think that's really that apparent, or maybe really it is, when you compare Pearl Harbor, 9-11, and January 6th, look at the effects of these things. Um, after Pearl Harbor, Roosevelt stepped up, united the nation, declared war on Japan. After 9-11, Bush stepped up, united the nation. 
after January 6th, the so-called uniter-in-chief steps up and basically declares war on his own nation. Yeah, that's an interesting point. That's an interesting point. So you're saying you're saying what? You're saying Biden is dividing? Well, yeah, exactly. The whole point is that the other two events brought the nation together. This guy comes up here, and instead of bringing us together, we're, we, we're getting further apart than we've ever been. Yeah, and did you hear his speech today? I thought it was very petty, too. It was like the defeated former president. I mean, that's why it's so uh, divisive. It's so ununifying, to your point, Paul. Uh, you hit it on the head. There, there's nothing in his speech that was uniting and carrying us forward. Great point, Paul. Thank you very much. And everybody, when we come back, we're going to talk about a comment from a medical ethicist. Wait till you hear what he said about the unvaccinated. Here's what he thinks should happen to the unvaccinated. Take a little listen. This is Arthur Kaplan. We can penalize them more. We can say... You're going to pay more on your hospital bill if you weren't vaccinated. You can't get life insurance or disability insurance at affordable rates if you aren't vaccinated. Those companies should not treat us as equals in terms of what the financial burdens are that that disease imposes. So I can think of a number of ways in which we should say, mm-hmm. here's the stick, get on board. At the same time, we do need everyone. It's a war. you got to have uh, all your troops unified if we're ever going to win it. Wow. Hold back on life insurance if you're unvaccinated. Those who are being unvaccinated are being shamed. Hold back. Maybe have them pay more on the hospital bill. Remember our caller Stan said, maybe don't even admit them. Boy, is it getting divisive on those who are not vaccinated. And I think it is so unfair and over the top. 1-800-848-9222. one 800 Eight four eight nine two two two, and you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Rita Cosby is on seventy seven WABC. The Rita Cosby Show presents support our heroes. And in our tonight support our heroes segment, a powerful story and a beautiful one coming from San Angelo, Texas. Donald Huizinga of Texas went from being a high school student from Auburn, Iowa, to jumping out of a plane during the U.S.'s attack on Normandy in 1943 during World War II. After surviving the battles at Normandy, including a six-month stint as a prisoner of war, Huizinga moved back to the States. He started a family, but lived with one major regret, not finishing his diploma at Auburn High School. And that's when the current principal at what is now known as East Sac County High, Kevin Litterer, got involved. Principal Litterer said that after hearing Huizinga's wish, he worked to create a replica 1945 diploma. How beautiful is that? And on Tuesday of this week, he and his wife personally drove the 950 miles to San Angelo, Texas, to deliver the special gift. He said it is all about rallying together to show support and appreciation for a 98-year-old veteran who completed his service in World War II and earned his diploma, yes, in the hallways of Auburn, but also in the battlefields of Europe. What a beautiful story and a beautiful way to honor a member of the greatest generation. Well, there's been so much talk 
about vaccinated, unvaccinated, and any of you, and I'm sure many of you all know somebody with Omicron right now, and many of them are vaccinated people. Many of them are people who are vaccinated, double vaccinated, boosted, and they still got the Omicron variant. It's just very contagious. It's all over the place. There are people who are unvaccinated too, for sure, but it seems to be pervasive to everyone. And I have never liked this whole vic- this whole like anti-vax shaming. You know, I've always thought the way that you get the community to come together and if you want to encourage people to get vaccinated and to do certain things, say we're going to work together. Let's figure out how to make this happen to inspire people. But to blame them and shame them and punish them, I don't think does any good Do you. I think it's outrageous. And I think it just divides people and it makes people not want to get vaccinated. Those who are saying, I don't want to do it, shaming them isn't going to help. I just think it's an unfair and it's un-American. Well, listen to what this medical ethicist, this is uh, Arthur Kaplan, and he's a quite well-known uh, ethic- ethicist. I've interviewed him a number of times over the years, um, and he works with NYU's Grossman School of Medicine. He was asked on CNN, what can be done? Take a listen to this exchange and what he proposes. Why should anyone who is boosted bother at this point to do anything that makes the unvaccinated more safe? Well, look, I want us to act as a community. I want us to act as a team. When you're fighting a war, you need all hands on deck. I don't want to reject those who still haven't done the right thing. I'll condemn them. I'll shame them. I'll blame them. But I don't want to exclude them. They've got to come around. We can't win this war. We're going to be talking about covid This time next year, if we don't get more people to do the right thing. So we can't write them off. Yeah, we can't write them off as much as he would like to. And then take a listen to what he proposes should maybe happen to those who are not vaccinated right now. We can penalize them more. We can say, you're going to pay more on your hospital bill if you weren't vaccinated. You can't get life insurance or disability insurance at affordable rates if you aren't vaccinated. Those companies should not treat us as equals in terms of what the financial burdens are that that disease imposes. So I can think of a number of ways in which we should say, Mm -hmm. here's the stick, get on board. At the same time, we do need everyone. It's a war. you got to have all your troops unified if we're ever going to win it. Yeah, I like the back half, but can you believe in the beginning he said, you know what, maybe you can't get life insurance, maybe you pay more on a hospital bill. That is outrageous. But that kind of shaming has been happening a lot from a lot of leaders. I mean, we just heard Manuel Macron, Emmanuel Macron, the president of France, came out recently and he said he, quote, wants to piss off unvaccinated people so they will get jabbed, basically saying, hey, maybe he can't go to restaurants, sports centers, travel. He'll do whatever it takes. And it sounds a little bit like our own president who basically said you're un-American if you haven't gotten vaxxed. Remember, this is what he said right before Christmas. All these people who have not been vaccinated, you have an obligation to yourselves, to your family, and quite frankly, I know I'll get criticized for this, to your country. Get vaccinated now. It's free. It's convenient. I promise you it saves lives. And I honest to God believe it's your patriotic duty. 
It's your patriotic duty, and you are un-American if you don't get vaccinated, according to President Biden and Emmanuel Macron. And now we have this medical ethicist who even takes it one step further. Boy, is that out of line. And take a listen. The media is certainly fueling the flames, too. I mean, here is the media. Listen to what they asked Jen Psaki in the briefing. And if this isn't biased media, I don't know what is. Since there are millions of Americans who have not been persuaded by, uh, you know, the various government campaigns to get vaccinated, does, uh, you know, why hasn't the president focused more on kind of scolding the unvaccinated to try to tell them, hey, this is not working for society and, we're, you know, we keep getting these shutdowns? Well, I would say that um, if you look just to a little over a year ago, last December, only about a third of the American people were willing to get a shot. And today, over 85% of American adults have at least one shot. Uh, and more than 70% are fully vaccinated. So our our objective has been to uh, continue to convey to the American people uh, the fact that getting vaccinated will help protect them from hospitalization, from death. It will help protect their loved ones. Uh, it will help protect their neighbors and their community. Uh, and we've had a great deal of success in that. And... This vaccination shaming is really over the top. In fact, we have a brand new Protecting America podcast that we do every week. It's going to be going up tomorrow. We have a brand new one. And, of course, we wanted to talk about the coronavirus, um, also about the school shutting down in Chicago and elsewhere over it. And I really wanted to be able to separate fact from fiction. And who better than Fox News medical contributor Dr. Nicole Sapphire to do that? And we talked about the shaming of the unvaxxed. Here's a little glimpse of the new podcast that's going up tomorrow. And what about the vaccination or the unvaxxed, I should say, shaming that we have seen just, I mean, amazingly by this president who continues to say, you know, it's the pandemic of the unvaxxed. And then you've got even Emmanuel Macron of France saying, you know, he's going to, quote, piss off all those who are unvaxxed. Uh, this doesn't seem to be working, this sort of, you know, vilifying of the unvaxxed. President Biden has been doing this and really causing great divide for the last year since he took office, uh, essentially shaming the unvaccinated. Um, a better thing to do, yes, I understand that we wanted to encourage people to get vaccinated, but I'll tell you by shaming them, you need to use more of the carrot than the stick when you're trying to incentivize people to do something. But now as we're moving forward in the pandemic, first of all, the definition of a pandemic is when you have a pathogen or something causing disease, that's across multiple continents, and that's what SARS-CoV-2 is doing. And it is being transmitted right now by people who are unvaccinated, people who have natural immunity, people who are vaccinated, and people who are boosted. So we have a lot of people transmitting it, and not one is more culpable of the other. What we are seeing is that a rise in hospitalization rates in those who are unvaccinated as opposed to those who have been vaccinated or boosted. So he should be talking about those talking points and not shaming people. And not shaming people. I agree. And meanwhile, you've got this medical ethicist at NYU's Grossman School of Medicine saying that if you're not vaccinated, maybe one way to penalize you is for you to pay more on your hospital bill from you maybe to not get life insurance disability insurance at affordable rates. I, this shaming and this divisiveness in America is 
horrible, and it is outrageous. Let's go to Mike on the Lower East Side. You're listening to the Rita Cosby Show on the Great 77 WABC. Go ahead, Mike. How are you, Rita? Yeah, you know, I've been riding a long time, over maybe 55 years, Harley-Davidson's, 48, everything. I've been a freaking biker bum my whole life, and then I've found the Lord. But I I always ask myself, what good is this going to come for? I love riding, but what good is it going to come out of this? And I learned one thing, never trust the government. You know, anything that I learned from being a biker, don't trust the government. Because they want to eat you up alive. And I got one thing to say about Mr. Macron. Stick to your French fries. I'd bikers rather get pissed off than being pissed on. And hey, God bless you, Rita. Wow. Stick to your French fries. I like that message, Mike. Thank you very much. Let's go to Pete in Staten Island, who's listening on Alexa. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Rita. That was a great call. And what I got, I got a couple of things to bring to the table. I'll try to make it brief so other callers could get in. I'm not vaccinated, and I am proud of it. Now, I had COVID-19 possibly twice within an 18-month period. My antibodies are very high. My doctor didn't recommend getting the shot for my, me and my wife. Now, we have a friend of ours that was administering the shot. He decided to give himself a second booster. Now, that was about two weeks ago or three weeks ago. He's got Cobra right now. Now, out of all my friends and people that we got together for uh, New Year's, out of 10 people that were together, eight of them have Cobra. And the only two that don't have it right now is my wife and I. Oh, that's but interesting. I, now, now let me get let me ask you, not not even getting into the medical stuff, Pete, but the the attitude of. The audacity that someone with a straight face who is a well-known medical ethicist actually comes out and says, you know, maybe people like you don't deserve life insurance, uh, that you should pay more at the hospital. What, what do you say to people like that? Well, I think it's unfair. I mean, I always thought that they would one day say smokers have to pay more for their premiums and people that uh, use drugs and also alcohol. Now, alcohol I could fit in the picture because anyone that knows me, I occasionally like to have a drink or two. But the thing is, uh, those things, I thought a long time ago, were going to get penalized. Uh, I'm retired. If they told me that I wouldn't get my Social Security or my pensions, then I have numerous ones because I worked very hard in my life. I worked sometimes three jobs. And uh, Would you get the shot then? Would that incentivize you or would that turn you away? No, I have to. I have to because I'd have no choice because I'd have no money to live and I wouldn't be able to support my family. So, I mean, I would have to take the shot. But as far as I'm concerned, if my antibodies go down, I have them in my T cells and my uh, antibodies. And by the way, I'm Pete, no, I hear. And by the way, Pete, a lot of people do talk about, you know, the, the natural immunity, the boosting, you know, the you have the antibodies um, and that is supposed to protect you there are breakthrough cases of that too but um but how sad the the forcing that this attitude of like okay uh do this or else pete thank you very much for the call real quick stan from forest hill stan your thoughts about this i figured it would be real quick uh, uh i think the guy is fantastic why, why did you figure it would be real quick stan because i know uh, i know it's, uh, you wanted one two three the point is this the principal president biden great speech that he needed to be said forget that now uh, I, I disagree with that, but myself. go on. <laughs> okay. I'm usually ahead of myself. Uh, what I, my 
idea about not letting him into the hospital. But I think Mr. Kaplan said, I wouldn't go that far. I would put tax them. Forget that. Tax them. Oh, you would. And Stan, oh, yeah. and so, Stan no, remember no, when no, you no, said no, this no, to me no, before? No. You created a firestorm. People were like, know you know. And, it's, and, and in some states, it's possibly it won't be that extreme. But uh, I think it should be done in most of the red states that the people don't want to go. Now, if you have a pre-existing condition and your doctor tells you not to go, that's, uh, that's understandable, of course. But the rest of you, I got no sympathy for you. Wow, all. you are hardcore. I totally disagree, as you but know, okay, Stan. I disagree, but you got the shots, right? I got the shots. Yeah, and, I and love you for that. Thank but- you. Thank you. I got both shots. I got two Pfizer shots. But but I don't like this. I feel like it is so un-American, Stan. And Stan, I always love your calls. Thank you very much for your calls, even if I disagree with you. Um, but I feel like it's un-American to say, you know, get the shots or else. Um, we just heard from Pete. Uh, how am I going to live if I don't, you know, if they say, okay, well, you're not going to get, uh, you know, your Social Security. You're not going to get life insurance. Uh, I mean, the fact that these things are actually coming around is really un you know, just astounding and to me outrageous. Real quick, April in Astoria. Go ahead, April. Right. I'd like to say that call just came in. Does he think with that same premise that people who broke into our country have a right to education, medical insurance, and free housing? Yeah, he probably He's does. Not American. Yeah. I, I agree. And by the way, by the way, speaking of which, you know, those people at the border, the numbers have been so high for their, you know, they haven't even been checked, first of all, many of them. And the ones who have been checked have had skyrocketing rates of the infection and they're not being ordered to get vaccinated. And yet there are discussions here in New York about getting, OK, maybe you can't get life insurance. Maybe you can't get hospital bills. You can't get affordable rates. But you're right on the border. It's like, come on in. No problem. Come on in. It's like a, it's like a, it's an open sieve. And you hit a great point because that double standard is disgusting, April. Right. And I, I don't think it's right because if you're unvaccinated and you haven't gotten COVID, that shows you're doing something right. You're following the science. You're wearing the mask, staying out of clouds, washing your hands. How dare he say that I'm not protecting myself and I'm becoming like a, um, you know, what do you call it, a, a, a bad citizen? I'm doing everything except a little tiny thing that has to do with the vaccine that's supposed to keep me from getting it, and I'm not getting it. All the vaccinated people I know around me, they're not getting, they're not any healthier than I am. They're getting it too. Exactly, exactly. And that's why for the president to say this is, you know, a pandemic of the unvaccinated, I agree with you. It seems like everyone, like it seems like every family in some shape or form has been touched, you know, by this latest variant. Thank goodness most of the cases are mild. Um, and, and that is a credit to the vaccine. It seems like the cases are milder, but they are getting it too. There's no doubt April too. Um, great call. April, always love your calls. Everybody, when we come back, we're going to talk to Dominic Carter and get a preview of his great show. And then after Dominic Carter is the other side of midnight. And that means Frank Morano is on deck. And tonight, Frank has Frank McKay, nationally syndicated radio talk show host, longtime Independence Party chair. And he's going to be talking about the Long Island serial killer case. So that is going to be fascinating. That's tonight with Frank Morano. But first, Dominic Carter right after the break. Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC.
Dominic Carter, I am never going to give you up. Or Rick <laughs> Where was it, 70s or 80s? I'm but it's a nice song. It is. It's a great one. We can both dance to it. We like that. We like that. You know, and we can use a little bit of dancing. It's been a crazy time. I know yeah. tonight you are talking about Alvin Bragg. And, yes. And by the way, um, John Katsimatidis, our great owner mm-hmm. and operator of Red Apple, of mm-hmm. course, um, send us both this interesting story. Yes. And it kind of ties in, I think, a lot with what you're talking about. Um, it's talking about the future of the Democratic Party, because I don't think it's Kamala Harris or Joe Biden. And um, <laughs> that's my opinion, Dominic Carter. And um, it's about maybe is the future of the party mansion Eric Adams, mm. um, which is an interesting thought, um, mm-hmm. because... They're sort of taking, of course, that moderate lane, but Eric Adams has got two big things that are hurdling him right now, and that bothers me tremendously, and it goes by the name Alvin Bragg. <laughs> yes, yes, no no doubt about it, Rita. What we're going to do tonight, I, I spent the good part of the day dissecting every word from Mr. Bragg from our debate that we did here on June 17th. And the audience, the reason why we did this, the audience is going to hear what he actually said. And if you listen to what he said, it lines up for what he's doing now. But as far as Eric Adams um, uh, possibly on a ticket with Joe Manchin, um, we have to look at the fact that historically New York City mayors have never done well. They have in, not. In terms of uh, uh, running for much higher office. Although he's a different type of a candidate. He is a different type of a candidate. But, 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 and, and he's got the look, he's got the sound, Eric Adams. But if you have crime out of control in Manhattan where all the TV cameras are, there's not going to be much of a presidential campaign. That's why I say Alvin Bragg, who said it during the debate, Dominic Carter. And I'll never forget, Dominic, you and I talked after that mm-hmm. debate. Mm-hmm. And I said, boy, is New York in trouble if this Alvin Bragg guy gets elected. And then you and I were there on election mm-hmm. night saying mm-hmm. the same thing. And I'm thinking, yes. uh-oh, and I think he's going to be the eyesore for Eric Adams, because Eric Adams can sit and talk tough and do all these things that are more mainstream and law and order and, and just safety, which is what America cares about. Um, and then yet you've got Alvin Bragg, who's like, yeah, don't worry if you're an armed robber. Right. You know, just go back out on the streets. Well, don't worry about wait it. Wait until you hear what, what he says. Oh, I can't wait. a lot of his experiences, what he talks about, is based on the fact that he was a victim of what he feels was police brutality. And now we're going to be a victim of his policies, <laughs> I think. Dominic Carter, I can't wait to tune in at midnight here on 77 ABC. And I will talk with you tomorrow, everybody. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.